a lot of trans and non-binary people are deeply spiritual and yet we're kind of still going by these very cis-normative ways of relating to the spirituality and discussing spirituality. You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth and one story at a time. My name is Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Welcome to season two, episode number 14. I am so excited to be bringing you this specific episode today because yesterday, March 31st, was Transgender Day of Visibility. And this episode happened to line up just in time for that. I would love to say that I planned ahead, but I totally didn't and I give full credit to the spiritual powers at B. Today I'm chatting with a good old internet friend of mine named Delphin Reyes, who you probably would recognize by their internet handle, the Queerophant. Delphin is a trans, queer, Latin American, exploring gender through tarot archetypes and aiming to provide inclusive spiritual guidance and fortune telling. Delphin goes by they, them pronouns in English and whatever pronouns in Spanish or French. In this episode, I asked Delphin to explain some trans, non-binary, inclusive spiritual terms that I had never seen before finding them on their page. As you know by now from listening to this show, the Divine Masculine and the Divine Feminine are super hot topics right now. But what happens when we go beyond the binary of the Divine and we look at other spiritual genders? Before we dive into this amazing topic today, I'd like to remind you that this show is 100% funded by my work at thedivinerlife.com and by my new podcast patrons. If you love Let's Be Omnist, and let's be honest, we all know you do, Head over to thedivinerlife.com slash podcast to learn how you can become a patron today. Now go ahead and grab yourself a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of whatever you'd like, because in the spirit of truth and honesty, here is my conversation with Delphin. All right, well... Thank you so much for being here, Delphin. I am so excited to talk to you and to have you on Let's Be Omnist. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Good, yeah. good. I'm, I've been really looking forward to our conversation. You always captivate me on Instagram with the conversations you start and the things that you say. So I'm really excited to be able to bring some attention to that uh, for people who maybe haven't discovered you yet. Oh my God, thank you. That's so <laughs> kind. Like... Yeah, just to like, it's just so weird to think that what you put out on the internet like has an impact on people's lives, and it's just like a really nice feeling when you have feedback like that. So thank you so much. Oh well, I know what that feels like, and it's important to uh, let people know when they're making a difference. So for people that don't follow you or maybe don't know who you are yet, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what's your thing. Yeah, gosh. So where to start? So at the moment, I am. A tarot reader, and I'm learning other forms of cartomancy too, like Lenormand and like Oracle decks and stuff. But I use tarot to explore gender, and um, so I do this. I frequently post gender of the day pulls, and the cards kind of inspire me about some metaphorical aspect of a gender, and then people can kind of take that as like how they relate to their own gender or you know it's just really nice imagery associated to that gender because I find that there's a lot of literature about what it's like to be a cis man or a cis woman and there's not so much yet 
that I've seen anyway in relation to trans and non-binary genders and identities. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. And I've been doing that for almost two years now. And I also provide um, tarot readings more generally for people, but those are kind of like my free offerings that I do on my Instagram. And yeah, before that, I was in wildlife conservation and decided that it was time to make a switch to something more spiritual. And um, yeah, I didn't really know what else to say. No, um, that's perfect. I I already have like 700 questions based on what you've said, as I'm sure some listeners do. Uh, cool. Yeah. So before I dive into those 700 questions, I'm really interested to know a little bit um, more about you, like specifically you. So let's play a quick game of two truths and a lie, if you don't mind. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So whenever you're ready, just dive in, spit them all out, and I will do my best to figure it out. Okay. So number one is by the time I was 25, I had been to every continent on Earth. Uh, number two is I spent my early childhood exploring the seas and rainforests of the Caribbean and Central America. And number three is I got attacked by an angel on a flight from Botswana to the UK. Listen, these episodes are getting to me. The longer I do the show, the more interesting these questions get. And I, I don't even know <laughs> where to unpack some of that stuff. Okay, I am going to say... That the lie is by 25, you'd been to every continent. Oh my God, you're so good. That is definitely the lie. Yes. Okay. I expected that you were well world traveled because before we started recording the show, we talked a little bit about like where you're from and where you are, but I'm glad that's the lie because I really want to hear the story about being attacked by an angel. (laughs) Okay. I thought you might. Um, So yeah, so basically while I was at uni, um, I, I really kind of picked up my spiritual practice and I started doing um, spirit work and astral traveling and astral work. And so as part of this, I, 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 I developed a relationship with uh, a gargoyle that my grandmother bought me and he, Percy, his name is, is my personal guardian and he comes with me on my astral journeys. And while at uni, we went on a field trip to Botswana as part of my natural history degree. And on the flight back, I thought, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I did astral traveling while on a plane, because I'd never really done that yet. And I was like, I wonder if anything would happen if I can, if I can you know, get in the right frame of mind and can do it, because um, it was a really long flight and I was really bored. So I was like, okay, let's, let's give this a go. <laughs> um, and so I just like put my music on and kind of drifted off and did this traveling and I ended up in this like cloud kingdom, which makes sense because you're already kind of up in the clouds. And there were all these like beings there, which I described them as angels because that's what they looked like. Um, but they weren't really like the stereotypical angel. So their wings were feathered like the normal angels, but each feather was like a, a dragonfly wing. That, like that's what it looked like. You're speaking so the language. Like, layers and layers of dragonfly wings that like made a feathered wing kind of you know um i don't really know how to how to describe it but anyway they were like just minding their business and i was minding my business and they had these like rapiers like these swords and then two of them noticed me and i was obviously not supposed to be there because they just came at me with their swords and um like started chasing me down and i was like oh shit so i had to like get out of there 
And thankfully, Percy, my guardian, was with me, and he, like, sped me out of that pronto before anything happened. But, like, it was, like, very close. They almost got, got to us. And so then after that, I was like, okay, well, I think I'm done for today. But, yeah, and I call them angels because I don't really know what else they could have been because, I mean, they seem very angelic. Like mm-hmm. their their bodies were like very bright and white, and they they had like these white togas on, like you would picture an angel traditionally have. But then where their heads or faces were, there was like nothing there. It was just like light. But I don't think that I, I don't think that's what I saw at the time. I think that's something that my mind has filled in to kind of fill the blank of what I couldn't see mm. because of their like divine nature. That's really um, interesting. Yeah, so that's that story. Since then, I mean, even before that, I kind of knew that angels weren't necessarily things to mess with, because, I mean, they're the warriors of God, after all. But that kind of, like, really cemented it in my mind that angels are not something I want to be messing with. Um, (laughs) That is so so funny, specifically because you don't know this, but uh, at the time of recording, but the episode that comes out right before yours uh, is all about angels. And oh my god, that's so funny. Absolutely working with them and like tapping into that world. So that's really funny that you're like, uh-uh, I'm not messing with angels. <laughs> um, I, um, I didn't realize, uh, I mean, I guess I shouldn't have assumed, but I didn't realize just how mystical your spiritual path is. Um, I was not expecting you to dive into subjects like astral travel and guardians and all of this really interesting stuff. So I'm curious, like, where did your spiritual path begin? Just so that I have a better idea of like how you got to where you are. God, um, that's a very good question, actually. And so I think like growing up, I've always been super interested in, in like magic and mythology. And, you know, I was like the ancient Greek myth and Egyptian myth kid at school. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like obsessed with ancient, ancient Greek pantheon and and Egypt even more so. And so I, and my mom's very spiritual. I mean, when she was my age, she was doing tarot also, and she did Reiki and, you know, is just did lots of energy work. And and to this day, she, she's a massage therapist who incorporates energy work into her massages. So I think spirituality has always kind of been in the background of my life. And I think um, if I had been born and brought up differently, I might have stayed within the Catholicism of my abuela. Because I do really, <laughs> this is such a Catholic thing to say, but I really love like the aesthetic of Catholicism. I agree. And I, I, like, I love it. The, like the ritual and, and uh, like even a lot of the, the mythos and, and the stories of, of Catholicism are just like really amazing. Mm-hmm. But as a lot of queer people and trans people, and in fact, probably people of our generation, the church as an institution is just one that I'm really not okay with right. for a whole host of reasons, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be aware of. So I was like, I think organized religion isn't quite for me. So then as I was researching in my teens, different pantheons and stuff, I stumbled upon Wicca and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then I kind of grew out of Wicca because I, it was, at the time, I felt it was quite uh, heteronormative yeah, um, I understand. in a lot of the things I was reading. And I think, I think Wicca is, is slowly branching out of that 
or at least there's more writing about non-heteronormative Wicca. But I think still a lot of Wiccan spaces that I've come across are very heavily gendered and heteronormative. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, this is obviously not for me. So I kind of just did my own mishmash of stuff, really, for a long time. And kind of just did witchcraft, generally speaking, pulling spells here and there. But then at the end of uni, um, I started looking into my heritage to see if there might be a pantheon that I could connect with through my heritage. And I have Slavic heritage on my father's side, Croatian, and my mother's side, Czech. So I started looking into the Slavic pantheon, and one day the god Veles showed up and was like, hey, I'd like to have you work for me. And it was like very business transaction, <laughs> which makes sense because I think one of his attributes is that he is the, the deity of merchants. And because like when I when I, I sensed there was a deity kind of hanging around me, I was like, I was kind of getting like Mercury vibes, kind of Lucifer vibes, kind of uh, Neptune vibes, which was really confusing. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered like two weeks before I had been looking into Slavic pantheons and deities and i i remembered reading about him i was like, oh maybe that's who it is and then just around that time i also started doing the the astral work and i actually was able to meet up with him in the astral astral plane as confirmation kind of and that was like it's 2020 yeah seven years now because it was like 2013 and that's kind of the path i'm on now i'm like exploring the slavic pantheon and slavic um ways of doing things and yeah so that's kind of the short story (laughs) (laughs) if i understand correctly and like please by all means correct me if i'm wrong because i know very very little about slavic pantheon uh he is also heavily involved with like the land and animal Mm. nature right like he's a he's a nature he is deity yeah so he's the god of the earth and the underworld, as well as water. He's, he's like, the deity of, like, damp places, so, like, valleys. Like, his idols would traditionally be in valleys where there would be a river going through, and he's the rule of the underworld, which is, like, an evergreen land of, of plenty, where everyone is equal, which is very nice, mm. I think. <laughs> um, and in, in Slavic mythology, at least the ones that I've been reading, the underworld is... Like you get to it go through going across a, a huge expanse of water, and the Slavic peoples used to think that in winter the birds would fly across the sea to this underworld, and so they kind of had it as across the sea. That's really um, interesting, and it's kind of, there are kind of like a few different versions because there's no real written record of exactly what Slavic paganism was and a lot of it is is just sourced from manuscripts that christians wrote when they went over to convert them and stuff as i understand it and it's all like secondhand information that might have like a certain point of view that might not necessarily be the original point of view but yeah so he's like the god of the land and i think he might also be like the protector of the fields from what i understand yeah like a fertility deity basically at the same time as a chronic deity. Yeah, I was asking because I I was wondering if that was somehow connected to the work you did in conservation and working with wildlife and things like that. I just wasn't sure if there was like an obvious connection there or if that was something that like showed up later. 
That's a really good question. And one that I've never really considered. I mean, that could be one of the reasons why he kind of showed up when he did, but it's not something that I've ever really um, felt from him. Most of, of what he's influenced me to do is is to kind of really kind of um, embody my trickster energy as like a social outcast and really stand proud in that. Mm. And interestingly enough, it, it was also around the time when I started kind of realizing that I might not be cis and that I might be trans or non-binary. And so I think he really helped me gain confidence in expressing that. So yeah, I think those were the main things. But actually it's it's interesting now that you ask that, that <laughs> that might have been also a factor. I do want to ask, uh just to clarify, because again, I know I already said and I talked about it in your bio uh pre-show, but just for anybody listening, uh you currently identify as trans queer and you use the pronouns they them that's correct that's right yeah they them in english and then in french and spanish it's whatever you feel like because there's no real gender neutral option that i like yet that's really interesting i didn't consider language barriers <laughs> as far as like how to communicate that in other languages that's a whole topic that is fascinating to me do you find that that's difficult to discuss with people around you who do not speak English? Not really. I mean, most of the people I'm out to speak English anyway. And also, I think in French and Spanish, I'm not so emotionally attached to the connotation of the words, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because although I started learning English and Spanish at the same time, at home we speak mostly English. So that's kind of what really hits home for me got it and spanish i'm kind of like yeah whatever it's it's gendered and at the moment that's how it is and if and when there's another option then great but it's not something i'm gonna stress about actually even in english as long as you get my pronouns right and in terms of like family relations relationships use neutral terminology i'm not really bothered by gendered terms to describe me anyway because, yeah, my gender is a whole mess, actually. So <laughs> Embrace it. I mean, yeah. if it's a mess and you're okay with it being a mess, let it be a mess. That's, yeah. Um, you don't need to explain it to anybody. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I wanted to clarify just so that we can dive a little bit into the work that you're doing spiritually as far as gender goes and gender expression. I think that you have a really strong voice for queer people, whether you know that or not in really saying like, hey, we deserve a space here in the spiritual community and it should be talked about and people should be familiar with the language. So when did you start, if you can kind of pinpoint, really bringing the concept of like gender and queerness into your social platforms? Honestly, it was when I started the social platform, my Instagram page for my tarot business, because there are so many incredible tarot Instagrams out there and I was like, what can I bring that's different or that I see there's a lack of and is needed? And I didn't, at that time, I didn't really see too many trans and non-binary or not gender non-conforming Instagram pages that were really kind of discussing it in a spiritual context mm -hmm. um, and like really kind of fleshing out terminology and uh, and how to broaden spiritual concepts that already exist to be more 
all-encompassing. I mean, ironically, after I started doing that, I then found like Harvey James Tarot and Sincerely the Tarot, who do great work also. And I look up to them massively. And I think when I found them, I was like, oh, that that's cool. And that kind of put me down that path. And the gender of the day posts, I, I long time been on Tumblr. And, you know, a few blogs have like gender of the day, like meme blogs. And I thought, oh, I could do that with tarot. Like I, I haven't really seen that being done yet that much. I don't think I've seen and anybody I, else do that. But you. And I thought it could be a fun thing to do. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen anyone else do it either but i don't want to say that and then someone be like um actually i do it too thank you I mean, very much it causes a network um, it causes a network so um get offended so, connect become friends it's totally fine yeah so like i'm just <laughs> saying there might be other people out there doing it but not any that i've come across yet and if you're listening to this and you do it please like get in touch because i'd love to see your stuff um yeah. yeah so that's kind of what started it and yeah just wondering what i could bring to the table that's basically it. So one of the things that you also bring to the table on your social platform, and it was fairly recently for me, I apologize if the conversation has been happening much longer and I missed out, but I, again, just in my last episode, which you don't know, uh, we talked a lot about the divine feminine and everybody right now is talking about swing from the divine feminine, from the divine masculine and how everyone's been abusing the divine masculine. And now we need, have this need for the divine feminine. Meanwhile, over on your social media and on your in your Patreon group, I believe, is where it comes from. You are having this discussion of a divine androgen and all these other fairly neutral or inclusive terms outside mm-hmm. of the divine masculine, divine feminine. Would you mind sharing a bit about like that concept as much or as little as you'd like? I, I love it. I think it's a great topic that people should hear. Thank you. Yeah. So basically, it, basically a few months ago, I don't know exactly when anymore um (laughs) but if you i think i talked to you already a bit about this in our private conversations um but i don't really see energy as really having a gender at all like i i don't really think that it should be like really necessarily called divine feminine divine masculine but i'm very aware that our culture and society as it is now, I mean, those are like staples, you know, and they're so like entrenched in the way we view things and talk about things that they just become really sometimes convenient, sometimes inconvenient placeholders to talk about certain kinds of energies and certain groupings of energies. I was kind of thinking about my own relationship to those, those energies described with those terms and kind of wondering where exactly I fit in with those energies because everyone kind of says you have both divine masculine and divine feminine within you and it's a balance and all that kind of stuff and I thought but what about people who don't because there are I'm sure many non-binary genders and ways of being that wouldn't really resonate with either of those things and wouldn't really see themselves as having divine masculine or divine feminine within themselves And I guess I kind of go back and forth for myself personally with that. I I kind of go from, oh, yeah, I totally have everything within me to actually I'm just like a void of nothing. And that's kind of where I got this this idea of expanding the language we use to talk about those energies to be more than a binary. Um, Because obviously, well, maybe not obviously for some people listening, but 
binaries are a very artificial concept in terms of binaries are often quite humanly created because it's just a really sometimes convenient, simplified way of viewing the world. But I've always been aware that the world is, is shades of gray more than black and white. And you see that particularly in nature. And, you know, something that I, I've seen a lot in my studies with wildlife conservation and, you know, things like that. So I thought it was time to expand a little bit outside of divine masculine, divine feminine. And so I coined the term divine chaosine for the divine agender, because at the moment I identify as agender. So I was like, that, that makes sense to me. And I coined it through taking the ancient Greek concept of chaos, which was the void before existence, where there was nothing. And then I took the in from androgen, so that it formed a pair divine chaosine, divine androgen, for an aesthetic reason, yeah. basically. For um, people that don't recognize those words, would you mind like really kind of breaking them down into what that difference looks like? Definitely. So the divine androgen, I think, has already been like touched upon by other trans occultists and trans magic practitioners. And it's that kind of blend of the divine masculine and the divine feminine or the genders and so the way i kind of explored it was through the use of tarot and so in tarot the divine feminine is the empress and the divine masculine is the emperor and i kind of was looking over the symbolism of, of the major arcana and thinking which one of these cards do i feel would be the divine chaosine and the divine androgen and so i kind of set the magician up as the divine chaosine uh, because it has that kind of um it's like very new very it has like a lot of potential it has everything it needs to kind of express itself um but it's not yet defined one way or another it's still in that creative void in a way yeah um and it has this like also kind of trickster con man energy and i guess con man is, is somewhat pejorative but, you know, it's, it's that kind of, like, shady, trickster... Um, the true energy of chaos. <laughs> yeah, out, out of the norm, <laughs> confrontational at times, uh, to the status quo vibe. Then a lot of people assign, like, at the divine androgen to temperance mm. uh, in the tarot because it's kind of that mixing, harmonious mixing of... of different elements but i felt like in in the sequence of 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 the tarot's story throughout the major arcana that was too far down the road and so actually what i i did to make a decision was i added the numerology of the empress and the emperor together so three and four and that was seven which gave gives you the chariot and um i realized that that actually worked really well because in the chariot you have the two sphinxes being drawn by the charioteer um, and the charioteer having to control and, and harmonize these two sphinxes to go in the same direction and, and kind of very similar in a way to what temperance does it through the mixing of alchemical solutions. And so I, I was kind of stuck on, on how to kind of describe the divine androgen in terms of the chariot until I started looking at the, the element correspondences of the cards where the magician was, uh, the empress, uh, the Empress Fire, and then the Chariot is Water. And so then I kind of looked at the, like, sacred directions, or, like, the cardinal directions. And so if Earth and Fire, Empress and Emperor, like, the earthly plane, 
material plane, and then you have air above, which is the divine chaos scene, and then taking inspiration from a lot of mythology where the underworld is often a very watery place. You have the divine androgen with the chariot. And so I kind of decided that the divine androgen was a very kind of fluid and uh, flexible energy and in, in some ways a very kind of sonic and, and um, guide to the underworld kind of thing, which there's a specific word for that and I'm completely liking on it. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I initially thought about it and structured it. And so if after the, the episode um, is finished, you check out my social media, you'll find links to my posts about it, um, where I'm a bit more thought out in how I explain it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you explained it really well. These are terms that most listeners, I think, I mean, I, I, I'm learning that I have a fairly, my audience tends to be heavily queer people. Like, it, it, I think just because of my own space, like, that's, that's who's here. But uh, there are a lot of people um, who listen to my show who are like, I love that you have so many diverse people on your show because it breaks them out of normal language that they use every day. It gives them the opportunity to hear. So I think that what you have shared might feel fairly light to you or like to me, someone who uses this language regularly, but there are probably listeners who are like, wow, hold on. What are you talking about? There's not just a binary like that's a lot for some people. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm sure. I appreciate um, you diving in as much as you have it. I didn't realize how much you really like broke it down. I appreciate your very academic approach. <laughs> well, I am a Gemini sun and I'm a Sagittarius moon. So I'm all about that search of knowledge and philosophy. Um, it, which is important. And yeah. And I'm also a Virgo rising. So there's also like the very hardworking and perfectionist aspect too. All the details, um, all the knowledge. I knew there was something yeah. like you. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, I'm still working on it. And like, I, I really want it to be like a conversation. Like I don't just want to be here just sprouting like random stuff at people. I really want people to like think about it for themselves and be like, Oh, how about this? Or how about that? Or maybe we could expand it in this way. Or, or how about that? You know, I, I really want it to be an exchange, particularly with um, trans and non-binary people who I think it would affect most and might have a more personal insight into it. You know, even if you're cis and, and feel called cool to explore those energies within yourself, that would be really cool. And actually on my Patreon, I did a spread to kind of kind of situate yourself in relation to the divine chaos scene and how you might tie in with it or, or not tie in with it. And at the moment, I think uh, it's still patron access, but it's going to be public soon. And if it isn't already by the time this episode airs, then it will be soon. Or you can sign up for the Patreon. Um, yeah. it, you know, $1 a month, you, you get access. But um, obviously, no pressure. Um, <laughs> I, I know a lot of us are tight on money right now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, when it goes public, I'll, I'll post it again, too. So. And then in regards to those things, I'm also kind of looking at how the, the four archetypes evolve through the major arcana and, and the cards. Because I realized that temperance, which is seen often as the kind of divine androgen card, is, is like 
the the second step of the chariot in in the septenaries of the tarot. So that's kind of so I I'm in the process of breaking the down down the tarot into the septenaries and then looking at each correspondence um, with the four archetypes. So I'm I'm doing that because I realized that even the world, which is the divine androgen two in the last septenary, is also depicted often as an androgynous fi- figure. And that kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, th- like seven, fourteen, and twenty-one all tie into the divine androgen in some way. And so then I, I thought, oh, well, maybe that happens with the other three too. And so I'm kind of fleshing that out slowly to see how those energies would evolve through the major arcana and, and, and how they express themselves through the other cards. What I think I love the most about everything you're saying is that you are using the tarot in a way that I don't think people realize is possible. So many people pick up a tarot deck or they see a tarot deck or they hear like, oh, I'm a tarot reader. And they think that you're just pulling cards and guessing what's going to happen tomorrow. And you're taking the tarot and really saying your life is in here. Like everything that you could possibly want to know or need to know about like who you are or how to unpack that or how to put that into words, it's like right here in front of you. And I love that. Do you find that people in the queer, trans, non-binary, agender community are like coming to you with questions or like, how is that really like stirred conversation in, in your community? Um, yeah. So like I've had a few people really appreciate the posts I've written on those things. And, you know, a few of them have like incorpor- started incorporating the concepts into their own spirituality, which is like so incredibly amazing. And I'm honestly so touched and, and humbled by it. Cause like, it's just amazing that I, I could write something that would resonate with so many people. Cause when I first posted my first post on the Divine Chaos scene, I was like, I'm pulling this out of my ass. It, it's just like complete fantasy. Uh, like these connections that I'm making are just like in my mind. That it just makes sense to me, but it's just completely not a thing that is going to be a thing. But people read it and were like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And I love this. And thank you so much for, for coining this term. And and yeah, no, the response has been really amazing. And and I've been kind of really bl- been blown away by it. And so I've had a few people like ask me questions about it and, and want more info and more specifics. And oftentimes they're specifics that I don't really have yet because I'm just like in the process still. And I think that's why I want it to be a conversation and for everyone to kind of add to it. One, to make it as like inclusive and, and as encompassing as from, of people's experiences as possible. But also because the divine and masculine and feminine have been around for so long and there's been so much written about them and, and there's so much, for lack of a better word, baggage associated to them that to bring these new terms to the same level just on my own is like kind of very overwhelming. <laughs> and obviously I, 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 I don't dream and I, I just don't presume to speak for everyone when I'm writing these things. So like I make it very clear that these are just from my perspective and my experiences. Um, and I think that's why I want it to be a conversation because my perspective might be different from like the average cishet practitioner, but like uh, my, my experience isn't the only trans non-binary queer experience out there. Right. If, if it's just me writing it, it's still just as limited. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. I know that when I share things about reading as a queer person, I, I certainly 
have never really thought about the way that I vocalize that as if to say, oh, hey, like I'm queer and therefore this is the only way that like a queer reader should read the cards. Do you know what I mean? Like I, right. I've never been um, aware of that possibility. And so now as I think back on some of my posts, I'm like, did I make it seem like that's the only answer? So I really appreciate that you're so conscious of making sure people know, hey, I'm not telling you this is the only way. Um, no, for I'm, sure. I'm sure that comes um, from your experiences as living outside of the binary and saying like, I'm aware that I didn't fit in this specific box that you tried to put me in. And so therefore I'm not going to try and do the same to others. Definitely. And also I think it's because in some areas I am privileged, you know, I'm, I'm white and because a lot of times gender is quite racialized. I don't want to, I don't want to write something or, or say something that is perhaps from my perspective no big deal but then there might be like a a black non-binary or trans person who's like actually this this is dubious like maybe we should revisit that and so far I don't think I've written anything like that because I haven't had any feedback from anyone but I'm very conscious of how my privileges limit my perspective on things and and I, I try very much to to try and do good in that in that sense of of taking into account you know indigenous cultures that that have multiple genders already and, and to not kind of step on anyone's toes. So I think that's also why I want it to be a conversation between lots of different people from different backgrounds to make it inclusive and and relevant to lots of different people in a respectful way. Do you find that uh, in your work as far as doing readings for other people or um, whatever other services you may offer to people as far as the tarot goes or your spirituality, do you find that clients ever have questions for you about like their own gender and uncovering that? Is that like a fairly common topic for you to come across? It actually hasn't, like not really exploring their own gender yet quite so much. I have had a few clients who have asked me how things would go in regards to their family or, you know, like going back for the holidays or, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that, like um, concerns that every queer and and trans and non-binary person has. Generally, the questions that I get in regards to exploring gender are just like casual DMs. They're not necessarily like proper readings. They're, They're more just like, Hey, like, do you have any resources or, or like spreads or do you, have you seen any or, you know, where I could find some and that kind of stuff. I mean, so Which, aside from the obvious, as far as like your own social media, cause I would consider you a resource. I would send people your way. If they had questions, I would be like, I am not the one. Let me pass you along to Delphin. Who are some of the, or like, what are some of the resources that you generally point people to for that? Yeah. Like I said, Harvey James Tower has like a lot of resources. I, I hope I'm not butchering their screen name, but simply wit- witchery, I think. Uh, I think just generally, like, also just, like, um, just general, like, sex ed links. Um, like, um, Are there um, books that really helped you on your journey or, like, um, podcasts that you enjoy? It doesn't necessarily have to be people. Like maybe there was one specific tool that you're like, oh, you know what? I really learned a lot from this. You know what? Honestly, um, in my own like gender journey, um, it was just from being on Tumblr, as cringe as that may sound. 
Uh, I grew up on Tumblr. I totally understand that world. It's a generational um, thing, I think. <laughs> you know, um, just being on Tumblr and, and, and seeing and interacting with, with trans people on Tumblr and making trans friends and, and ha- interacting with the trans community, basically, um, and, and knowing people and, and just talking about stuff and, and seeing people's posts and, and realizing that you don't necessarily need severe dysphoria to be trans or non-binary and you don't have to be this way or that way or, you know, and just dispelling a lot of um, misconceptions or misunderstandings I had about transness. I think the biggest one was if you, I, I can't remember what, what the post was exactly, but it said to me like, not wanting to be the gender you are or wanting to be a different gender in itself is transness. Like you don't really need anything else. Mm. Um, and it kind of made me realize that, you know, actually I don't really want to be a man and I don't really relate to maleness really. And I think both before then I had just simply put it down to me being queer and, and at the time being a gay man and, and being somewhat, apart from like all the straight men at school and straight guys at school but I've never felt comfortable in in male only spaces like the locker rooms were just like the worst um I hear you I I hated them and initially I I just thought that was just down to queerness and, and being uncomfortable and feeling vulnerable because of that which you know I know a lot of of queer men feel that way so I you know it's it made sense Mm-hmm. Um, even outside of, of like locker room spaces, like I've never been one to have a lot of male friends and I've mainly been friends with, with girls, which are all things that are very stereotypically gay, you know? Right. So what I think media that's portrays what... as if this, right. then that. And don't get me wrong. I, I do love men. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it kind of, I never really questioned it. And then I, I met trans people and, and, and started having conversations with them and, and realized yeah, actually, maybe I'm not a man. Maybe I'm something else. And, and yeah, it was just through that, like, social os- osmosis of having conversations and just interacting with people and hearing their stories and seeing them exist in the world that I was like, oh, okay, this is it. I yeah. That makes a lot of sense, I think, as a gay man, as a person in the queer community, I, it's very easy for me, and I'm very aware of privilege I have specifically as a white gay male. But it's very easy sometimes, I think, for specifically white gay men to say like, oh, I support trans, non-binary, like the whole LGBTQ community. And I think what's really interesting is I think that's easy for us, me talking about me, because uh, we have community. Like we, we recognize it, we see it, we see ourselves in media now, we see ourselves in magazines and on Instagram, like it's, the community is very visible. You know what I mean? It's like, especially Mm. today, it's like in the forefront. And so it's interesting to me to hear you talk. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, is there a whole community of like trans spiritual people or like non-binary people that are just in, you know how when you like stumble into a network online and you're like, whoa, everybody knows everybody. And I'm just thinking like, I wonder how many trans, non-binary, queer people are out there that don't know that that community exists yet. And um, even just now, as we were, like, trying to find those people that influence you, I was like, mm, let me just look through who they follow. And I was like, oh, my gosh, look at all these amazing Instagrams, like, all of these profiles. 
So I think, sorry, the, the tangent I'm going on here is I think what you're saying is community and recognizing, like sharing and talking and recognizing that there are other people with similar questions and discussing similar things is, has been like one of the best resources for you has just been conversation. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I mean, as I said, I'm a Gemini, so talking is something that I enjoy doing a lot. (laughs) And, um, and interestingly enough, it's also one of the reasons I I got into tarot is because I'm a nosy bitch and I want to know everything. And I stumbled upon tarot, uh, as, as a, a young child, not young child, but, um, like nine, 10 years old. And, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I can like find out anything I want and I don't even have to talk to anyone. And, uh, so it kind of, I, my tarot journey kind of, uh, had started not with necessarily the best intentions, but it's definitely evolved and grown since. Um, <laughs> so community is so important. I can um, tell you right now, and I bet you, I mean the listeners, I can tell listeners right now that I'm actually totally unprofessional. I'm scrolling through the people that you follow on Instagram as we're speaking. I don't usually pull out my phone, but I'm like, I really need to look at this. And I have already hit follow on like 10 people. So best resource if you're looking for community. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. And no. just like hit follow on everybody. I had to scroll past a very large portion of uh, people that I already follow because apparently we follow very similar people. I'm not surprised. But yeah, well, it's what you, it's what you were saying. You know, that there's this whole community that where everyone knows everyone, and and you're you're in it. Like, yeah, definitely. I, I'm just seeing names that I'm like, oh, I can just tell by that handle that you are talking about some good stuff, and I'm just like, yes, follow, follow, done. I'm gonna have a whole new Instagram by the morning. So thank you for opening that community. I hope you don't mind. I'm specifically going to send people your way to just like see who you're following. So I hope you follow. No, please. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, Yeah, for sure. I honestly, like I said, I started this um, conversation by saying I have like 700 questions and I think um, you answered a large portion of them and I still now have like 700 more. So go ahead. I'm going to, I really want to just find out like, what would you say has been one of the most surprising, I guess is the word I'm looking for, things to you when it comes to the gender and spirituality and like that combined world? Has there been one thing that's really stuck out to you that you were like, whoa, this exists or this doesn't exist or do you don't know? Does that make sense? That I- yeah, I think it would be just the lack of spiritual language we have to describe experiences that aren't male or female. Um, cause I know that there's been some work done in regards to like the divine androgen and, and divine androgynous by, by trans and non-binary spiritual people. But even that in some ways is, is a bit limiting. And I, I find that a lot of trans and non-binary people are deeply spiritual and yet we're kind of still going by these very cis-normative ways of relating to the spirituality and discussing spirituality. Mm. Um, and I'm starting to see that change more and more now, especially now that trans people are gaining more visibility, even though that's not necessarily always a good thing because there is an underside to visibility, um, which is vulnerability too. But I think one of the positives of this whole movement is that more language is being created This is kind of what I was saying earlier about how our language is just so 
intensely focused on this binary of of masculine and feminine and, and the things that they represent and are associated to. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that I am a firm believer that we need to dis- diversify gender to be more than just two options, I think that should be reflected in the way we, in the language we use to speak spiritually and, and even not necessarily just spiritually, just like in everyday life, mundanely, there's just such a lack of terminology and ways to describe things. And language is so important mm-hmm. um, in building community and sharing experiences. And if you don't have that language, then you're really at a disadvantage. And I feel like in a lot of ways, trans and non-binary spiritual people are at a disadvantage anyway because of transphobia and transmisogyny and you know things like that. Mm-hmm. But if on top of that, we don't have the language to express divinity and spirituality and have to use these th- this terminology that isn't quite the right fit. It's like putting a square peg in a round hole, you know, kind of thing. It, like you can force it in, but it's not going to be a harmonious fit. In our culture and, and language as it is, I don't feel like divine masculine and divine feminine is going anywhere. It's too deeply entrenched. And I think unpacking all of those things is going to be perhaps too much work to be done. Right. Um, we may not see so, it in our life, but... Definitely. And perhaps it won't really ever be unpacked because I think there are some things about it that are useful and do resonate with people. But that's why I kind of want to diversify the language so that it's not just one or the other, but there's a whole host of aspects. Mm. And so Harvey James Tarot, after reading my divine case and thing, was like, oh my God, and what if each card of, of the major arcana was a different gender? And I was like, yes, let's not just keep it at four. Let's do the whole major arcana as a set of different genders. Like, that would be so cool. And so if anyone's out there who wants to start that to help out, go ahead. I'd love to hear it. That's Um, really interesting. Diversifying and expanding on the language. I'm Um, curious. I don't want to start any controversy. So if this is like a controversial topic, totally fine. We can move on from it. But... You mentioned, you know, you basically said, like, there's no need necessarily to get rid of the divine masculine, divine feminine. Those are still very valid things. So it's not necessarily that they have to go away. And that kind of brought me to this idea of, you know, I think some people really think that queer folks of all, uh, all nature are in some way trying to, like, destroy the binary, which isn't, mm-hmm. I understand, like, kind of that fear if you relate to the binary, but I, I'm happy to hear you express like that's not the point we're not we're not saying it's useless or it's old or it needs to go away we're just saying that it needs to share the space with other options for sure and i kind of wonder like do you know of any cis people who are sharing and talking about queer spirituality like or or is that almost like this isn't your platform do you know what i mean like that's kind of why i was like "Mm, is that a controversial question to ask are there cis people talking about it? Is it? I think the cis people who are talking about it are queer cis people, like like gay men and and um, sapphic uh, women. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I should have clarified. Like, I, I guess I just said cis, but like, I mean, cis has cis had people. Right. Not that I've seen because I think they don't really care. They have no purpose for it. It just doesn't register to them because they're already catered to. I think. So maybe there is someone out there doing it, but not that I've come across, at least. Right. I um, guess my, my biggest concern is, like, if that happened, is it appropriate? 
I guess, for like cishet people to be opening those conversations um, or like pushing those boundaries? Like how, how do you feel about it? I, I think, I think they should be taking the, their lead from trans and, and non-binary people on it. I think it's totally okay. Like with my, the terms that I'm using, divine case and divine androgen, if there are cishet people who really love and resonate with those terms and want to incorporate it into their practice, then yeah, for sure, do that. Go ahead, diversify your practice. Like that's great. You know, you're helping normalize those concepts to people who aren't trans and non-binary and helping it get a platform and, and be recognized as something. But I think where the issue comes is when they do so and try to speak from a place of expertise about those things. Mm. Because I think they might not necessarily get the nuance of right. the thing, you know? And so as long as they approach it kind of how you say, you know, I'm putting this out there and I'm sharing it and it's a thought of mine, but I am welcome to the conversation and I encourage you to talk about it. Like as long as they're not giving a be all end all, this is what it is. Right. And I think they should maybe not be part of like the defining of the terms. I think that might, be best left to trans non-binary people or people with some gender non-conformity at least like a lot of queer people are Mm -hmm. um because yeah i just think that there'll be a nuance and an understanding that they might not have and they might intentionally or not fall back on stereotypes that are unhelpful if that makes sense Um, It definitely makes sense. You said exactly what I kind of expected you would say. And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't incorrect in thinking. um, No, for sure. Like, um, (laughs) I I think, I think it's great if they want to incorporate those things into their own practices or, or, or be present in the conversation. But I think they shouldn't be the ones leading the conversation at any point, you know, just like you wouldn't expect a white person to be leading the conversation about indigenous spirituality or black spirituality or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Which, you know, I know a lot of white people do do that. And if you're a white person and do that, you should stop it. Um, (laughs) Be an ally, not a, don't attempt to be a pioneer. Yeah, no, I think that's where I stand on it. And um, that's pretty much my, my, (laughs) my thesis on it. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. I, like I said, I know I have 700 questions, but I, I'm, I, I know that I'm not going to be able to all fit them into one episode. So I want to ask you one last, last important question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, if you had to take all that you've learned, all that you know, all that you've experienced thus far in your spiritual practice, what would you say would be like your best piece of advice or information that you have to leave the listeners with? I know this question was coming. Because I listen to the podcast <laughs> and, um, and I don't necessarily know if it's spiritual advice That's necessarily. Okay. Life advice is fine. Um, but my life advice is actually something I took from Cinderella, um, the live action, which is just have courage and be kind. And just saying that it's, it's, it's gotten me through some, some tough situations and some tough moments. And whenever things are hitting the fan, I kind of take myself aside and just say, have courage and be kind. And that kindness can be towards yourself and it can be towards others. And, you know, if you can only be kind towards yourself, then do that. If you can extend it to others, then that's really great. And just have courage to get through it, basically. 
I know um, you said you don't feel like that's necessarily spiritual, but I can tell you if my husband listens to this episode, he's going to say, uh, Cinderella live action is my holy movie. It's like, <laughs> for him, it's like uh, Disney is a spirituality. So yeah, you, hit, um, you hit home for some people when it comes to spirituality, I promise. I think that's my little um, piece of wisdom that I've totally plagiarized off Disney. That's um, okay. They, they know what they're doing, so I, I trust it. I believe in it. It's good. If uh, uh, people want to follow you, learn more about you, uh, ask you questions, what is the best way for them to become your new best friend? Uh, yeah, so Instagram, my handle is thequeerfant. My website is, is also that, uh, thequeerfant.com. Patreon is at thequeerfant. If you're on Tumblr, I also have thequeerfant.tumblr.com, but I mostly just use it as a, a tarot spread library. <laughs> That's pretty much my handle in, in most things. Well, I am going to let you go because I know that it is extremely late your time because we are in two totally different parts of the world. But I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for all of the amazing wisdom that you've shared. I have so much to learn. And um, I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Of course. Um, and honestly, I could like talk for hours about this. So, you know, hit me up whenever. Done. We will have to plan another episode at some point. Listeners, watch let's, out. Doing a series. Let's do, let's do Gender it. Gender and spirituality. Be prepared. Excellent. All right, all right. That was my conversation with Delphin Reyes. One more quick shout out to Delphin for being so informative and willing to invite us into their space. You are so appreciated. If you would like to learn more about Delphin, you can find them on Instagram at thequeerfint or check out their website, thequeerfint.com. While you're out there clicking through the web, take some time to follow me on Instagram at the Diviner Life and learn more about my offerings on thedivinerlife.com. By the way, I know you love the show, so just be honest about it. Go ahead and leave a rating and a review to let others know how you feel. Also, check out thedivinerlife.com backslash podcast to learn how you can become a supporting patron. I thank you in advance. Don't forget to tune in next week to hear me chat with my favorite yoga instructor, Pam Delatoile, about the intersection of spirituality and health. Thanks again for listening. Remember to share with your trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming friends, or whoever else you come in contact with today. Don't forget that I love you, I appreciate you, and until next time, be true, be you, be omnist. <laughs>